we also up. have in here the political impact of 2023 mm -hmm. as it relates to dentistry. Um, oh, this is a biggie. I, I actually, well, okay. Do I, I actually, I'll get out of the way then because I actually wrote on my sheet. I don't see any political, in, political impact with it. I'm with you. So I say I, I'm, I'm pretty, tapping out on that one. Yeah, pretty, so, pretty uneventful. Okay. Uh, Trey and, I mean, sorry, uh, sorry Dwight and Craig. Craig. Okay, let me jump. So, um, you know, it, I didn't really know at any given moment before COVID, like I never could really feel the difference about conducting business from state to state. So I'm not saying impacts to dentistry specifically, but to small business owners. Those who live in certain states had a very different COVID recover, shutdown, lockdown recovery cycle than, than those of us who lived in other states. So, you know, the red wave that was predicted to happen and the writing of the ship and a more centrist political view didn't really happen. So blue states got blue or, you know, some, and, and, and I think when you look at politics, local, you know, state politics, it really has an effect on your ability to conduct small business. If you are a practice owner in a storefront in downtown San Francisco, and you cannot remove someone that's camped right in front of your dental office, that affects your ability to attract to patients. Spray with a hose, right? Yeah. Well, the optics of that were terrible, but, but, but it's just, I'm just saying like the political implications of your state have a massive effect on how you conduct your business. Massive. We see when they're masterminders, when we hear what the people in certain states have to deal with, it's really quite scary. You know, like we we are all practicing in states that were largely conservative run states and we we shut down for less time, recovered quicker. You know, the, you know, at the time we didn't know what they were. You know, we, we were it was a it was a gamble or an educated guess. But business conducting business in certain states is very different. And I think that the political impacts on small business are massive. And for those that say there's no impact, it's just because I think we sit in states where there's less impact. But I think left-leaning policies are harsher towards small business owners. That's fair. That's fair. Dwight? I think that nearly every one of our answers for regarding the recession related to some type of government official or political impact affecting it. And I think we just kind of answered this question on its own. I believe that, unfortunately, our government um, likes to, as wonderful as our country is, likes to react and solve problems. And when they solve problems, they like to overreact. So I actually expect um, in a an environment where um, they want to prep votes and prep a, a mindset for the next election, they're going to be prepping and making an impact. And whether that, like you said, Pete, maybe a, a stimulus, maybe a, I don't think there's going to be another stimulus at this point in time, but I, you know, they're going to try and do something to, to rattle those cages. At the same time, I think we're going to start seeing um, significantly different renewals on our, on our insurance plans for practices that take insurances, whether PPO, DMO of all those other types that are going to be pre-prepped uh, to the Massachusetts laws that relate to MLR, like we talked about last time, I think they're going to be very proactive in making those changes. Even some of those concepts about that are going to feel a lot more like health insurance concepts are going to start reeling their heads because they're going to have to try and show profitability uh, right away. I know that a massive portion of the ADA budget has now been reallocated now with their win in Massachusetts. And you've got um, for this, this year, uh, there's already movement for new legislation in Connecticut, Nevada, Oklahoma, um, and 20 other states in the next legislative session uh, with this, with associate with the ADA are continued to support these efforts to, to implement these MLR expectations. I think that 
these insurance companies are massive and they are much, much bigger business and they've got much more strategy behind them. And they're not going to wait until they have to right. make things done. I think they're going to be impacting us now. And I think those of you who have insurance plans on you, don't be surprised when you start seeing the peeling back of certain components so that they can start to make them look a little bit more like health insurance plans. And I think that's going to be a lot of walls and barriers to seeing specialists versus GPs and all the kind of matriculation of that health insurance plan. So I see this as political um, because I think it could be, you know, Im impacted across the board. But I still believe the combination of government likes to get involved and solve problems. It's half the reason why nothing is going on. When prosperity is happening, we tend to start a war and go pick a fight somewhere because the government likes to solve problems. Um, if you look at that before every single war, it's the exact same story. It was just a time of prosperity and we go after it. I think they like to change and make impacts. Same thing with it marching through MLR. Dwight, let me ask you quickly, uh, what is the, because was, that, was, that was a lot. I want to know, like, brass tax, what happens to dental insurances uh, with this new legislation? What's the trend going to be? What are we going to see? He's saying keep it pithy, Dwight, is what he's saying. Yeah, well, I just didn't understand what the actual, you said you're going to notice a lot of yeah. changes. So I, think, exactly I think within what. this 12-month window. Yeah, right. I think I think within the next 12-month window, a lot of renewals for insurances locally will look very different than what you're used to. Whether Understood how so. Adjustments to your, your reimbursement rates to kind of well, up or down. They're going, they're, they're going to put in barriers for how you practice, I believe. So okay, I think specifically, give me an example. Like what I said before, which was the fact that there may be a barrier between a GP and a specialist, a referral process, uh, a non-direct. So they're trying to segregate all the portions of our industry, which is what happened with health insurance when it first got consolidated. Um, the next thing is, is they're going to peel back. To, to kind of hold back their money as much as possible before these so get So less reimbursement, more so barriers. Less reimbursements the for the states that are not implementing MLR as quickly as the other ones are in order to bolster their total national budget. Got and it. it'll continue. So it gives them more time to strategize, um, more denials, um, and more criticism for those denials. For So how just in, in, in summa summation, less payment for the dentist. Yeah, I think initially that's going to be their reaction to okay. try and bolster up those other states. That are doing more pain. Yeah, <laughs> but I just didn't know. I was trying to read through the word salad. You just the don't. Matriculation? I, yeah, right. matriculation. Yeah, matriculation. Okay I like how you use salad instead of diarrhea. No, salad. <laughs> salad's more appetizing. I just couldn't. No, I just I really didn't know. But that that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, what did you say the ADA about the ADA? You think that they're you said worthless? They're bolstering like, a portion, a, a massive portion of their budget towards. Um, essentially doubling the amount that they were implementing into these lobbyists to pursue MLR throughout all these other states. So they're, they're basically shutting down portions of their budget right now to focus on that. And I, I mean, you know, they've got a perspective that they're pursuing um, against the uh, dental, dental, uh, dental plans association, which at the end of the day, they've got some work ahead of them and I'm sure they've marked it out for the next three to five years of absolute focus in that, in that standpoint. There is a, there is a relationship based. There is some financial exchange between the insurance industry and the ADA, which I think is a conflict of interest, but anyway, we'll put a pin in that. I think it serves, I think it serves both of them. Dwight, I commend you on actually staying up with this because I would rather slam my pinky in a car door than keep up. Keep up <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, I'm with Pete. Keep I'm up with, with this shit. Well, you know, if somebody's if the ADA is already spent my pinky, $5 million I mean my in one pinky. state, 
you can imagine how much they're going to spend in others. Um, and then there's going to be the rocket states, the southern states, the big ones, the Texas, the Florida's, the, you know, honestly, Georgia, all the ones that we're in um, that, you know, once that jumps, it's an absolute you know, snowball effect. So there's, there's going to be a large impact. And I think it's going to be really, really interesting on how that matriculates that and how we keep an eye on on consolidation too. Three, three matriculations. I haven't heard that since freshman year in college. I didn't, I thought that was just relegated. I'm glad that I'm here for a reason. I should not have said anything. I was keeping count over here. I did too. Damn it. We should have had it. We should have had a shot. We should have turned this into a shot with Trace Tequila. If, if Dwight says matriculation, we have, that's right. We take a shot. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, <laughs> your wife watches Bravo. <laughs> You're a mess. Well, oh, good. I wanted somebody to answer it, so Dwight, we, we're, uh, we're good. Yes. You wanna, do you want to keep? You want to keep yeah, going? Let's keep it going. So, new tech influence in dentistry. I think Pete knocked some of this out for everybody. Since uh, being asked to talk less, I'll let let somebody else start. Trey, let's less. go first. It's okay. It's okay. Y'all can talk about it on the next podcast. New no, tech. Can we talk about new tech? Sensi pants. Talk the same amount, but the same more. <sighs> we talking new tech? Yeah, yeah, new, new tech. tech. Go, Trey. Uh, so the new tech, I think AI is the new tech. That's the only thing we're talking about. I think that that is a, that is a useful tool that can be implemented across the board with a huge gain for everybody involved. Yep. And there, that is... That is to say that those things happen very rarely in dentistry. So the consolidation of dashboards, um, which I think Pete, you alluded to this earlier. I I was thinking a little bit about that, but it still hasn't happened. So there's benefit to that, but that's only benefit from the standpoint of, of us as operators, which I think would be a phenomenal, a phenomenal addition to see, but I still, no one's really done it yet. And I'd love to see that out there. But AI, will, I think, will dwarf everything in terms of tech's influence on this this industry. Yeah, I have an interesting statistic since we were all basically, I, I said chat GPT 300% as well. I have the thing, thing, how many days it took to reach a million users. And of course, Netflix was 1,277 and Spotify 153, Instagram 75, iPhone 74. Now, how many days it took for chat GPT 3 to get a million users was five, five, five days. Five freaking days. That's so amazing. It is. It is. And for those that haven't dabbled in it yet, this is. This is. I do remember two people that. Uh, let's see. When were we in, in Cabo? Two people that were couldn't be less interested in AI yep. when Dwight and I were having this conversation. I, I completely I think agree. Craig was actually sleeping. Uh, yeah. But hey, the bandwagon right. came along. So jump on, guys. Yeah. Here it comes. Yeah. Jump oh, no, on I the bandwagon. That was what we it was so boring. Uh, it was you know, not actually ago. Dwight. I think we should re-earth that podcast because I, I think we should. I think snoring. We should actually put it in place. You gotta actually, dig Trey, it up. Trey, I don't think you were less interested. I think I, I think Dwight and I were just just matriculating all the way through. Yeah, we're matriculation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. matriculation geniuses. <laughs> I was AI. I think the biggest the biggest thing I had in the AI, if I remember correctly, which is a, a far cry. I mean, this is a stretch to go back to that day, that night. But I think I was having trouble seeing the implementation of it outside of the diagnostics. And when you look at a lot of the AI yeah, that the people talk about, there's really right. nothing. There's not a lot you can use it for. Chat GPT is awesome. Well, but, that okay. Maybe but, I maybe I should have disclosed that in that pod. Like that's what I was referring. Yeah, it's all good. I, I hear you on the on the on that context of that weekend. I'm not gonna crush that. Well also when you the diagnostics, use it. I think that's the main part. I think the diagnostic is the when I say AI 
taking over and influence this industry in that standpoint. I'm specifically talking about the diagnostic aspect. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm not even talking about that. See, I was Craig talking and you were the... talking about two different. Yeah, he's yeah. saying 100 Chat GPT. I love Chat saying... GPT, and I think it disrupts a lot of things. But the industry itself, diagnostics. Interesting. Got it. Got it. Okay, do yeah, I remember? Do, remember, yeah. you had the conversation, Pete, about like what makes a dentist. What What is the dentist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing we talked. We, we did post that, by the way. That yeah, was it's just like what percentage? Like, I, is it the diagnosis? Is it your hands? Is it the comfort, human touch? With mm-hmm. Chat GPT three awakened for me was it actually was more more human empathetic than the average dentist. That's what like freaked me out. <laughs> so I understand. Obviously, there'll be great diagnostic capabilities for AI, which are better than naked eye because we're just interpreting shades of. Gray gray or the grayscale for decay. And I think AI will be better at that. Dwight, what I what thought- did you say the the number of grayscale that can be interpreted versus human eye? What did you say the number was? I, I just remember that it was about 40 times more accurate. Uh, I think the, the human, human eye can eye. see like 5,000 shades of gray. Yeah, and there's exactly. The, yeah, okay. But the point so, I was trying to make is that with the, with the human aspect, once you dabble in GPT-3 and you see it, that's when it's like, oh shit, this is really good it's more empathetic and more responsive than many many practitioners Mm -hmm. i think i think as as visionary of a talk as chat gpt is when you dive into it i think for this year if we're going to do 2023 predictions i think that the expansion i've been working with some of these ai um diagnostics in my office over the last year and you know they're getting better and better we're implementing the endo side of it um, for endodontics next month. Um, and, you know, just keep scaling the perio. The secondary perio is being told to you for all your patients coming in um, in morning huddle, things to that degree. That's a big, big influence. And I think that's going to happen. I think chat GPT um, for two components. First of all, it's complex and it has to be broken down into individuals that can then use the technology properly to embed it in a easy to use format for dentists. I think that's going to take some time only because I think it's going to be delayed a little bit, mostly because of their, remember they were originally founded as a non-for-profit and now they're transitioning it to a for-profit. And so it's a very complex dynamic that they're trying to figure out followed by the fact that then they have to output that data and make it available for it to be used. And that, Remember, it has to go to the most profitable markets as it matriculates its way down to different industries, yes. including ours. Take a shot. So I don't think necessarily it's going to be <laughs> down to us. Um, I'm trying to help decipher that. But I've got one other winner, but you can go ahead and respond to that because that'll be a worthy conversation, I believe. Okay. So I wrote down something that you guys have already talked about, right? Let me let me say something a little more bold. Go for it. I think 2023 is the start of the fourth industrial revolution. Yeah, I agree. Good. The start, right? Yeah. I remember being on stage at like or a, like a DEO or something, and I was sitting right. there saying how crypto, and we've already had the blockchain and all this stuff, and this was the start. And that was probably three years ago. And like Craig says, I'm always way too early to the party, and no one's listening and saying stuff. But I think this is the, and I think AI gives rise to this because it brings everything up. And GPT-3, as good as it is, when GTP-4 launches in about a month, it's going to be 10 times better mm-hmm. than what GPT-3 was. GPT-5 is going to be 10 times greater than what 4 is, which is 100 times faster and better than 3. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it doesn't go up just linearly. It goes up at scale. And I think both of those happen and are released in 2023, which at which point, we start looking at what the Turing test is called. Remember, you know, if, if yes. you guys know, Alan Turing is the, is the test that determines at what point a human and an and a AI 
are hard to dis- distinguish which one is which. Exactly, the Turing test. And that is an, a massive inflection point, which then changes things. So, the, so if we look at the best new tech, the question was the best new tech to influence dentistry, that, that obviously it's going to impact diagnostics, but I think it impacts marketing. I think it impacts chatbotting and getting answers. Mm-hmm. I think it starts, I think we start looking at the integration. Remember we, we shoot, showed in the summit how Google was having the um, appointment. Assistant. Yeah, Google yes, I, think, I think our computers are, I think our Siri is going to ta- start talking to our AI chats. And it, I think there's going to be right. a lot more efficiencies and automation in the way that has been highly disruptive and things we've grumbled about as dentists. I need to get this new phone. I don't have enough team members here, things like that. I think tech is going to solve some of that friction. I agree. Can you tell me what the fourth industrial revolution looks like though, Peter? What does that mean? Yeah, it's just, that. I think it's just the renaissance of like things that have been baked but haven't been fully integrated together, meaning big computing. Now AI has kind of pulled that in, right? We have computers, we have, um, we have synthetic biology, things that are going to be augmented by, by AI predictive things. Right. We have the NLP, which is the GPT three, which is, which is natural, uh, human pro- natural language programming. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what is going to be augmented, Greg, all, all of the things, everything will get a, everything will get a rise up and augmentation because AI touches so many things. Well, you t- all the things you just listed require less humans. So what right. happens to those humans? Where it's are they? Question. It's what everyone has been panicking. Mm-hmm. Panic. It's I the think same it's- thing computers did. Everybody says well, it's going to replace everybody. Well, this no. will have a bigger impact. I so what are, that. What are the humans, what are the humans on, do though? On humanity than the internet did. What are Pete, they doing? What's your thought process on time frame of that? Think this year. This year? I think this is I think this is the year two thousand the, the what the way that the, the internet start. came on was the is, is the analog to sure, two thousand. Okay. Yeah. We'll give you the start. There you because de- I think for it to matriculate throughout, I, I agree that every no no no. This is what's interesting. <laughs> for for every single industrial revolution, there was something that lit it. Right. And I do believe that the level of tech that open AI and chat GPT three, whatever, all these things, as it grows and does what it needs to do, this is the the fuel to that fire. And now it's going to kick off. And I agree that it's going to be this year. But if we're going to do a podcast about dental 2023 predictions, got it, the impact on the customer service level, like the replacement of customer service people or the replacement of you know, all these other diagnostic considerations, all these other things, I think it's going to matriculate, but it's going to take a while because we're not the most profitable shot. industry. Right. Okay. So you're saying, you're saying I basically didn't answer the question. I, I answered it at scale, but not really as it relates to dentistry. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but we're, we're all interested in dentistry. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. Dwight, so I'll go back to that. I think it influences, I think diagnostics get get crazy. I think that becomes the standard of care. Maybe not this year, but I think it starts trending that way that we become reliant on, on AI diagnostics versus our dental training. I agree. Okay. And it standardizes our, our care across the board in a more consistent format to where people can't argue personal bias on these things. And I think that's, yeah, it's like what happened with medicine. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, like the pathway system for medicine. Well, yeah, it, it, I'll be telling. I'll tell you this. It really made a massive change in my practice when I brought in these softwares that are that are AI driven for diagnostics. I yeah. mean, it's massive amounts of same day dentistry, massive amounts of diagnostics. Doctors that have been practicing twenty five years and like, I totally missed that. You know, just yeah. is what yeah. it is. I, 
I think one thing to note, Craig, is that you can't compare medicine as a whole to dentistry as a whole because mm -hmm. dentistry is a technical skill. Yep. Everyone in dental school is sitting back saying, oh, we're not just tooth carpenters. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. We're tooth carpenters. We do something. We yeah, provide Most of medicine is diagnostics, not yeah, so much right. surgery. So well, it's diagnostics and a prescriptive pathway. If this yeah, and that. Which is that that's that's a different program because when you have a technical skill, consistency can be deemed quality. You can predict the outcome when you have a consistent right. yeah. uh, outcome from a, from a skill. Makes sense. Good that's distinction. That's a good differentiation, uh, Trey. Good. It I'm is. glad you brought that up. Another uh, I'll, I'll, tap, I'll tap out. I will let you guys know that like, like most things I go down rabbit holes. And so I'm sorry. No, I love it. I'll probably be I think we a lot great. Great. I've gone down the rabbit hole in this, just like I did crypto probably 2016. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately I'm going to know, I'm going to, I'm going to speak and be a little dangerous with my, with my, uh, no, I love that. And I think honestly, it's, it's one of the reasons why we love hanging out because it gives us such a, a, prop to sit on and say hey this is what's coming this is where we're going you've got to keep deep diving we all will as well one item that i want to add that i think for 2023 tech wise will be massive i think it will start i, I know of some other uh individuals that are trying to release this year and i think it will be a giant push into web-based practice management softwares not in the way that we've been dealing with them which yeah. are uh you know cloud-based or you know local server-based but i think there will be a massive jump in that category so, to get us out of this just continued failure rate of massive infrastructure and all these other things so i'm i'm going to make a giant push there there are some groups out there really small that are that are vc backed with massive amounts of money. If you're doing this, can you reach out to us? Because that has been one of the biggest impediments of, of growing a practice, I think, is the software and yep. the tech and the management yep. of your servers. And someone yep. saying this isn't possible and this doesn't talk to this. Agreed. So if you're if you're working on that, yep. my God, let us help you. Because, Work faster. Yeah, well, Work shit. Faster. <laughs> I think it's going to be huge. And, you know, I, I've it's to me, it's one of those things that I think could categorically change, but also facilitate a lot of our practices to being able to grow at scale and compete in a consolidating market simply because we don't have such a barrier of infrastructure costs. And I think it's going to make a big, big difference. At the same time, I think it's going to require dentists, specific owners to be more flexible about what they need for their software to do for them, right? And I think that's something that we we lack the understanding of, right? But back in the day, Patterson, Eagle, EagleSoft, and um, all the ones that were built by our suppliers, they just built it to accommodate the doctors because they initially gave you free software as long as you bought their supplies. And then that transition over time, they started saying, oh, well, now we can charge for it. But it was perfectly built for the dentist but it wasn't built for scale and so i think that's i think they're starting from scratch um and ready to implement and open up i think mid-year in 2023 and the cool thing is not to pull this back to ai but ai the people who are most nervous about ai right now in gpt3 are the coders because you yeah. can actually get gpt to code for you correct right yeah and so when you when you can when you can open up and disrupt coding, now you can have millions of people coding and making product potentially, right? So it's yeah. uh, it's fascinating. So hopefully this happens fast on your timeline, Dwight, because I'm Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Do you want to keep going so we don't make yeah. this? Yeah, let's keep going, guys. So Peter, it is shocking to me how many people one have not actually heard about ERC and two have gotten the wrong information and. You and Trey being two of them, I mean, I consider you to be an epic business person. And when I talked about the employee retention credit to you, you were really dismissive of me. Like, no, I, I went through that, I got it, I, you know, it was great, I got it, it was done. And even Trey just now, we were just talking to him on the last pod. He's like, yeah, 
already, you know, my accounting firm, they, they got very little. They only got like five or 10 grand. So we know this is totally misunderstood. I was told I didn't qualify until I went to a specialist and they're like, you absolutely qualify. And here's the number. And it, it almost startled me. Like I, I, my jaw was off on the ground. I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't serious? actually, you don't believe it. You didn't don't believe, believe it. it. But going yeah. to, don't ask your CPA, ask someone who specializes, which is why we actually have this awesome arrangement and we created a link and the company is bullet, go to Bulletproof ERC to help kind of implement this because from this pot of money that Congress has, has allocated, we want the people listening from Bulletproof to take advantage of it. So this is why right. this kind of this this announcement is going on because it's don't like I said, don't ask your CPA. Ask the people right. who this is the well, only that's what, thing they do all day every that's day. That's why we had to do this because initially I was telling everybody, telling you, telling everybody, like, oh, I, I went, we don't qualify. So like, oh, this is not going the way it's supposed to. Like, you uh-huh. have to go to the people that do it. So I'm really proud of that. Um, my buddy Norm works for the company. Norm, as you know, is like the nicest guy in the world. He's literally like Ned Flanders. He's like, he how really do you diddly do? He'll fill out your form. He'll walk you through the process. He'll do the Zoom call with you. It's literally white glove services. You don't have to do anything. And this is what they do. And it's an unbelievable program. You have two ways to pay for it. Um, You can either pay up front or they can just take a percentage when they give you the money. And it is awesome. You did one. I did the other. We won't tell which one who, who did what. But it's a government program. It's going to run out. Do not delay. It's amazing how many people are like, I'll handle a couple months. I don't have yeah. time. You don't need any time. Like this first is like come, crazy. First come, first serve, right? <laughs> first come, first serve. And I mean, I know the government's treated you well through the CARES Act. And you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I don't need this. It is your money this to is have. This part of the CARES Act. Right. It is part of the CARES Act. But a lot, I mean, even when I thought about it, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to take, you know, more money. But this is a program that's allocated for people like you who have kept your employees, kept your businesses open. Do not take it for granted. If your account told you, or your friend who's a lawyer told you, do not leave that stone unturned. Go to bulletprooferc.com. Spend five minutes. It's worth the due diligence. Do not assume anything. And even if you filled it out, you got something, but it wasn't, you know, what you think is commensurate for your size business, go ahead and reopen the process. You can amend these things for different years. So do yourself a favor, take the five or 10 minutes, have a Zoom call. You may be leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, which is not prudent for you, your business, and the, the families that your business supports. Do it for them. All right. Um, so we've got consolidation influence and what the future of DSOs, uh, do they change? How does the private small practice fare and do DSOs go bankrupt? (laughs) You guys, there's two answers that are, um, I don't know who wrote them, but consolidation will slow and consolidation influence is grossly overrated. Who, who are those who are on the same page here? I I wrote, I wrote consolid. Mine, your answer you're saying is I think consolidation will slow. Want me to go? Yeah, please. And then the person who agrees with you, I'd love to see that Uh, as well. Yeah, I think consolidation is going to slow until interest rates come down since most are backed by debt leverage. Okay. If look at look at all private equity is backed by leverage, the cost of capital has been increasingly more and more, right? And so for them to get capital, it's not the interest rate of what prime is, it's typically eight, ten percent of what they're getting these levered loans on. And if the economy potentially slows, then now you have to beat your cost of funds, and so they're they're not going to take these big risks and these and and uh, these big buyouts anymore. So I think consolidation. I think they're going to sit on the sidelines, wait for interest rates to come down, and then go back into the dental market. I think. Um, I think we will see several DSOs fold 
due to the intoxicating free money that we had and the expanding money supply that we had in 2021 and 2022. Easier to do business. Yeah, without you know. Who, without, who also agrees with you? Who's the uh, other? No, I'm not done. Oh, okay. I think also the this the uh, the dentist, the rapid the schools are rapidly expanding supply of dentists, and they're going to be entering the market. You know, it's almost become a business because the, everyone has heard that it, you know you can make three hundred thousand dollars a year kind of training a dentist. So the the expanding supply there's going to be an expanding supply of dentists. I don't know if you guys have kind of recognized that. Which is not really related to the, the DSO influence, but I believe we're going to have a supply of dentists and not a demand. Like Why? Why is there a supply of dentists in your opinion? What's happening? Because just more dental schools, been, less jobs. Just production. Yeah. They've been schools opening up more money. and more things, more and more schools, Greg. Okay, got it. So there's um, a net increase in the amount of dentists being yeah, produced per year. But net, but, but net decrease in the amount of demand based on... Going back to what I was saying about expansion of this intoxicating free money, blah, 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 blah. Right? Got it. I believe that de novos are going to be super hard in 2023. And I believe that niche practices are going to thrive in this environment. Interesting. I'm the one that agrees. Okay. okay go, go ahead. If you don't mind. I, I think consolidations effect on things in terms of what people worry about. Not all the little things that we've touched on here, but is grossly overrated. Mm-hmm. You're affecting an industry by certain things in terms of the and a good example is web-based software or even cloud-based software it never happens because there's no demand for it mm-hmm. there hasn't been demand until now because nobody has cared so now you start seeing those types of things happen so there is some effect in that regard but in terms of the effect on the actual and when i say this not your average private practice but a private practice that's a good private practice with a good operator that that is doing well he gets squeezed but he's never pushed out this is still a relationship business it's not pharmacy it's there 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 are differences that we have in our favor so i think the the overall the overall group slows or the overall consolidation slows for all the reasons pete said i think they they slow down as a way to then set themselves up to speed up later. I do think you're going to see someone, you're going to see people go bankrupt. I think those people get swallowed up or get absorbed if by smaller groups that think they can fix it or they disappear altogether. And I think the growth that does happen because of the slowdown ends up being mergers. I think you'll see some mergers happen that we typically haven't seen on a larger scale as opposed to some of these mergers where they're absorbing smaller groups or, or even bigger groups. But in, in terms of, of uh, some of the big players, you'll see the merger for that been, reason. You and I have been oddly aligned in these. Yeah. I, I disagree with you guys. Um, disagree. But, like, yeah, yeah, I disagree, but uh, you know, obviously mad respect for both of you and what you think. Um, uh, but now, I, I will say this, Pete, hold on, Craig, let me jump yeah. in there. I will tell you, I disagree. I agree that from the money aspect, you're going to continue to push dentists out because there's a there's a business behind it. However, the demand for dentists, I think, is skewed. I think the demand for dentists, there's still a huge demand for dentists. They're grossly underproduced, except for when you talk about access to care, whole nother whole other topic there. But People need a lot of access to care that we don't have. The demand is only flooded in metropolitan urban okay. areas. Fair. So I would I would agree that it's overproduced in that sense, or it will continue to overproduce. But I agree. I think that you'll you need to see these people start to head towards some of the environments that truly need dentists, okay. which there are That'd a lot of. That'd be great. Okay. I, I uh, okay, Craig, go ahead. 
You said, yeah, I, you I said just consolidation think, speeds up is what you Yeah, heard. so I, I believe that consolidation speeds up. Um, you know, where, whereas you guys both believe these mid-market DSOs and, the, you know, get their ass kicked, they, they don't go out of business. They just get acquired by more sophisticated DSOs. So the net effect is not that they're turned back to the free dentist enterprise. They still stay gobbled up. So when you have a crappy duct tape DSO or a mid-market DSO that was, that was really debt funded, highly debt funded, and it goes out, it gets gobbled up by somebody else. So it's still, it preserves the consolidation. That's, that's going to be a high, that's going to not, they're not going to give back territory. But I think that, you know, in my limited experience talking to different dentists, they don't really run well-run businesses. I think the factors of, of the government are rewarding the bigger people, you know, whether that be the larger companies getting more PPP or ERC and those types of things. I just think that consolidation accelerates. I see that a lot of people who, a lot of dentists who maintain free standing practices, although maybe they may not get the same multiple they would have last year, the pressure is going to be so great that they just want to tap the brakes and get out. Um, so I see 2023 and 2024 continuing the pace of consolidation, if not speeding up. I think valuations may not be the same, but I think the consolidation rate stays or increases personally. Okay. Good. That's why I'm like curious that. about you. Yeah, I think I think in big picture mode, just so I don't get a lot of lip about this, I think that uh, consolidation will continue its its stride forward. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to slow down. I think clearly there's two main components that make this complicated. If I were to ask you what the percentage of consolidation there is right now in the industry, most of us could come up with a different statistic that we read from somewhere else, and they're all over the place. They're somewhere between 20 and 38%. And I think that the rationale for that, the reason the percentage is so ambiguous is because the definition of consolidation is ambiguous. It sounds like most of you are talking about the uh, mergers and acquisitions and Nova development, but there's also affiliations and alliances and things of that nature that are now being clumped into those, right? A lot of us would be considered in those categories as far as what the ADA would consider uh, a DS, a dental service organization, because we may have a management company that oversees the management of multiple locations, things of that nature. So I think that the definition is ambiguous and therefore that creates some complexity. For the sake of the podcast, can we just agree? I think we all would agree that uh, a consolid your, your practice is consolidated when the management company that runs your practice or your DSO is not wholly owned by you. So what we I think what we understand to be consolidated is that we run independent practices and your management company may be owned by you and others. But like for the sake of the conversation, I think consolidated means by a larger, you know, at least state or national DSO. You know, right. Is that what we all would agree upon or just for the sake of this or not? That's that's not how they define it as far as consolidation, but I agree with you that that's how we're seeing it as far as whether you have control of your daily operations or not. If a dentist is in control or not, I understand that that methodology in that sense, as far as whether it's going to speed up or not. I think between the one million and fifteen million dollar acquisition number, I don't think that changes. I think they will continue to acquire these smaller groups. Um, and the only things above that fifteen million dollar, I think most of that's going to be held until the market settles and there's less risk 
risk and VC or private equity is not so scared about the rates and the impact of making that bet. So I think they're going to hold back a little bit on those. The only thing other is I agree with Trey in that there will be some mergers at the very top end when they can't sustain their variable debt interest rates or things to that degree and they can't pivot back they will do mergers. And so do I think all that turns into faster pace of consolidation? Yes, I actually do. Okay, I so two, and two. two and two. What, what do you, I mean, listen, guys, you're all talking about PE and, and interest rates and, and, and leveraging debt, but in, in the great, in all the different industries, if we do go through a recession or protracted a longer term, like a longer recovery, don't you think PE is going to be more interested in less risky endeavors? They have to deploy money. You know, that's just the, the returns may not be as sexy, but don't you think more of the direction would go towards healthcare and dentistry than it is now? Because you had all these other things, you had software and all these other things. Yes, that they, want, they want some healthcare in their portfolios because it is stable during pandemics and recessions and things of that nature because people still need healthcare. So there's still percentage of people's portfolios they don't really care about dentistry and massive you know levels of acquisition they just need to know that their shareholders understand or their money people are basically saying hey this percentage of our portfolio has to be in these stable industries and that's what it is and that's why they're getting involved and honestly that's really what it is it's not a patient care model okay all right uh dwight one question when you say the one to 15 million Dollar level. Are you talking about revenue or enterprise value? I'm talking about enterprise value. Okay. I, that's why I think that number is so low because it's compared to, hey, enterprise value of a 20, 40, you know, 60 million dollar acquisition. I think those lower ranks are still going to be available because they're still going to be savory and the interest rate is not going to be as as much of a conflict to get over. Right. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars, you know, in these these giant firms and they're able to manage that. Right. Got it. Oh. I think also there's a trend too, and not uh, just to add one more thing. What I heard is there's a trend of more money going to P, more money flowing into PE. So people are, you know, looking for alternative investments, and there's more upside. And you know, it used to be that PE was the velvet rope of the high level classes. It's being more democratized. People, there's going to be more money flowing into PE, which will then translate all the way down to mm-hmm. speeding up consolidation. People maybe not getting. Um, even though we've, we're spoiled by higher returns, it may not, it, it won't slow. There's just more money coming into PE. Mm-hmm. Sorry. The next big topic here relates to predict that hiring will become easier or harder. It's a big, big topic that I think a lot of people are interested in. So, um, will tech help, uh, well, well, everything, right? So predict whether hiring will be easier or harder. Let's start with that. Hiring will be easier. Unemployment will rise. Who wrote that? Me. Okay. That easy. Next. I agree. I think pre- I predicted that the hiring becomes easier due to lack of competition and fear of dentists. Usually dentists react when they hear, oh, we're going to have a recession. Everyone puts on the brakes. I'm going to stop marketing as much. I'm going to potentially not hire right now. I'm not going to expand. Um, and I believe that people who migrated away from dentistry during COVID because there were banana offers and hey, come work at my startup or hey, come do this, are recognizing the value of most that had a great quality of life working in dentistry with a four-day work week, and it was pretty good. So look at all the people that were selling mortgages and real estate agents. It's going to be a migration back to, and and it's going to be easier easier to hire thoroughbreds, like I kind of said. I'll back. I agree. A a very common impact of, of recessionary environments is increased unemployment. 
Um, but my question there that I think everybody else is wondering is, is what is your feel, your impact, uh, two of you who answered that, uh, as far as wage inflation, do you think wage inflation comes down? Uh, I believe it in a more competitive market as what you're claiming. I believe, I believe it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the in the jar. I believe, uh, if you gave raises and you chased it all the way up, um, I believe you're kind of stuck now potentially um, with with your existing with your existing team now you're saying for new hires dwight i don't Correct. Hires, i don't supply know where, and where, demand where, I think the new, that. depends on where the new floor is right in your organization i don't know um how uh, many of us do we feel we raise the floor of what we pay our people mm -hmm. non-incentive we're talking about base over the last three years i raised my floor Besides floor. basic inflation increasing, yeah. I need to specify, yeah. like not not crazy inflation, but what we would normally increase, right? Like a huge adjustment to accommodate to hire and bring. I, I did. We did not. I did not either because but, it wasn't up to me. If I w if it was up to me in my domain of control, I would have shafted that whole thing. Mm -hmm. I did not. I just think we're in an interesting time where the inputs are not hitting yet. Mm -hmm. So we still have people that are demanding, you know, I'm a brand new assistant and I heard I can get $28 an hour and they're still delusional in that and they don't feel the pain of anything yet. So I just think that what, what, what feels to me is that things haven't fully, um, to use my friend Dwight, matriculated through the system yet. Like we don't really, we don't have all, all of it hitting yet to drive the actual change that we're expecting, at least that I'm expecting. And bottles empty, bottles empty. I think uh, I think it will be easier. And I think to touch on those things, because the unemployment goes up, now you get into a supply and demand. Granted, some of us raised our floor, but that's a choice of how you operate your model. And as the supply and demand, or because of the supply and demand, you have more supply. Um, the demand goes down the $28 an hour on the front end. They're not delusional now because they're going to get it somewhere. They will but, still, but that goes away because at some point someone's coming in for less. And now, I mean, it's a pendulum, the pendulum's swinging. So I think one of the micro effects, and I had this discussion just today in my leadership meeting is that, you know, when people kind of recognize that other people are going to be gunning for their jobs on your team, meaning people want to enter dentistry, people want these jobs. I think when you recognize that you have a great job in a great ecosystem with a great boss and a great team, and then you recognize that there's heat and there's a plethora of applicants, like we have a ton of applicants right now, people trying for what positions for everything, for all every, everything. everything. Interesting. So I think, are you two seeing that as well? Let me, let me land. Let me finish my point is that I think that it, it, it makes people a little happier knowing, eating their day to day. They're not, there's not this apathy or being a little disgruntled, being like, well, I could make more down the street. They know that they are in a gifted, they are in a, they're in a blessed position. And, and like, oh, I, I really like my position now. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna do all things I can do to keep it because I know other people are gunning for it, which makes me happy that I, I'm the one who has it. So funny. What's funny? It's just funny, it's true. Oh. It's when when people want your job, you, people are happier. It's just interesting <laughs> yeah. the way human psychology is. Yeah. Well, and even on top of that, what you're saying is people who work harder are at their job are more fulfilled. It's mm -hmm. so funny. Everybody Isn't wants it the opposite thing? way. <laughs> oh, Isn't it hilarious. That is so funny. That's the, that's the truth. Like so this, but are you cycle. guys just to kind of finish that point, Dwight Trey? Are you feeling the same? 
uh, plethora of applicants at this moment? Our applicants have increased. I would not call it a plethora. Right. Well, it was going from like, you know, desert to like, what is it is an oasis? I mean, how it was so bad. Are you saying that it's better or is it the best it's ever been? Or Peter, it, are you even saying that? Are you it's saying better. This? It's not the best it's ever been. It's not is this the best it's ever been for you, Peter? Yeah. The, well, I'm not sure about the best. It's the most I've ever seen. Okay. So hygienists, assistance, everything. But look, I always said this too, is that like big cities are react quicker to yeah, macro stuff than rural right. things. You do so Trey, it may not trickle to him yet. So I maybe, I, you know, for better or worse, I think I, I will see things before. Um, right. Even... Well, Dwight and I are probably very similarly. Mm-hmm. Craig, you're kind of more in a secondary market, right? You're not in a right. giant city. You're in, you know. Right. And tr- so I think we will see things kind of as a canary in the coal mine a little bit before. And so who knows? Maybe that is the the indication of what's to come. And I think it trickles down from there. So. So. Trey, you'll see it in your more Houston office, more direct. And then as it matriculates out, yep. you'll see that difference. Yes. Well, I, I think take a really good feedback in that sense. Yeah. to give us as you go along. I would say that we're getting more applicants. I would say that um, the way I know is that there's more working interviews around um, and that the existing team is more fulfilled because they're working a little harder because they see those working interviews. So I think that there's that side of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's healthy. They're, they've also, our existing team, and I think, Craig, you would agree with this, is you know we weren't they weren't willing to bring in random people who really didn't know what they were doing. They were willing to still up the work and they're, they're excited at the idea of having a little bit more of a stable established team. And I think we're getting better quality applicants right now than what we were before. You could just so. be pickier versus like, remember all the, our masterminders either in the reception yeah. was like, I just need someone. I can't yeah. get anybody. Absolutely. And now you Absolutely. can be like, Nope, 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 yeah. Nope. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. You know, like you can be a little more picky, I think. And so it look, the pendulum swinging. I always talk about the pendulum. I think the pendulum swinging back into the the business owner's favor because it for so many years, three years, let's call it two years, it was in the favor of not us. That's I think the mastermind is a great, great way to see that because usually I get one to two maybe per week that are calling me about all these applicants are trying to compare one to another last week it was like five or six i think mm-hmm. so you know they're getting a whole lot more and they want to know which one to pick and things like that so now are y'all seeing a this is what we're seeing so when you divide up the actual positions i see a big big difference so dentists hygienists those are plentiful yeah. assistants are very hard to find with good experience and admin you know you can you can pull admin from a lot of places, but it's it's still not as plentiful as dentists and hygienists, funny enough. Really? Okay. Yeah, I see that too. Well, look, this will be a fun thing to revisit and see like what happened. Sure. I think, you know, these these predictions. Um, I could be, sure. you know, I could be having to eat crow on this one, but. That's you know, the fun part of it. Hey, we're if, all going to uh, eat a little bit of it. We're all over on this one. <laughs> all right, patient. We're divided, even yeah. better. That's a good thing. Patient acceptance is next. Harder or easier in light of potential recession? Think tech would help. What would help? This is hard. You know, I think when you start making predictions and you start asking questions like this, like, I don't know if there's going to be lines in the sand of like, yep, I was right or I was wrong. So I will say that I think patients will demand high tech dentistry. I think recession resistant practices are typically the ones who are heavy insurance based. 
Right. So I think I think if you are a fee for service practice and you don't have your ground game suit ready to go, like you could be in a you could be in a in a tight. Um, and I would like to hear Trey's thoughts on on that when I when I, as soon as I finish. Um, I anticipate patient acceptance being harder in the next year, but tech could potentially help with the wow factor uh, over the competition. And I think in recessions, people defer their wants for their needs. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think and I think post COVID though, I think one thing we'll say is post COVID, I think people are demanding environments, your dental office, to be very clean and modern looking and um, things like that. And and unfortunately, I see some of these new DSOs. I know I'm going on a rain here. New DSOs who are kind of filling that 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 desire bucket of people, right? So if you have For a shag sure. carpet and the old drills and then rip chairs and shit like that, and then you have this fancy new dental chain, like a, a tend or something coming next to you and it, it looks great and it feels good and it smells good and it, lighting's good. Like, yeah, the, your dentistry might not be as good, but people don't know that as we've always proclaimed. So, um, I don't know. I kind of went down the rabbit hole and I mean, mm, I agree. I kind of went off on, on the tangent, but I think, I think, Patient acceptance becomes harder in a recessionary time is where I'm going. That's all. Yeah, it's elective spending. Yeah. You're competing for more discretionary dollars when you're yeah. talking about elective procedures. Yeah, which I I'm think stating with, the obvious. I know that. Yeah, that's sure. Yeah, yeah, but, it, but it's important to say, and it's a good lesson, because I think one of the things that's really interesting is that when you have people well, use the word ground game and and ground game for me is insurance based dentistry. Right. Uh, it's it's needs based dentistry is really what it is. It's whether whether it is a recessionary period or a period of growth, an abscess is an abscess. People need care and you may not be doing full mouth rehabs and elective big cosmetic procedures and they may delay an Invisalign or something along those lines, but they need to get a root canal and crown. They got to right. fix their broken tooth. Yep. They have to handle the things that are, they're causing issues and namely pain, but also things that are affecting function and, and everything else. So having the large ground game or, or being able to have a solid foundation is the way I always refer to it in that regard is, is important because it also lends itself to numbers. Patients that do that or practices that do that well have large numbers of patients. Mm. And when a large patient base is present, you can absorb a tremendous amount of fluctuation in the economy just on on sheer numbers. Pure numbers. And on pure numbers too, what's funny is you still have more elective procedures to be done on pure numbers. So there's a it, it provides a huge amount of insulation on a downturn in that regard. And frankly, it provides a huge amount of uptick on an upturn. Uh, or a positive type of economy on a growth growth phase because that's a bigger base to pull from. So it's just a good way to operate a practice Numbers game, right? You're saying essentially you got it. Yeah, you got it. You're building a great foundation. Uh, Craig, what do, you, what do you think? Yes. I mean, I, I, obviously patient acceptance goes down yeah. in recession. And um, I think it's important to point out <laughs> that I think a very large percentage. And now we cite the abscess, you know, as a little cliche, like if you have an abscess, you still need to get your tooth pulled. I think that's a, that's a smaller percentage of the reality of our economics. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, we are dentistry by and large is mostly elective cleanings and all the other stuff. I mean, the acute stuff that we talk about is obviously the abscess, but that's rare. Uh, and that's not going to support and prop up a lot of practices. So, so I think that, 
DSOs that especially ones that look good have tech and have the economies of scale to leverage their costs and their reimbursements from insurance companies and stuff like that. They're going to they're going to come out ahead in the recession. They'll be able to withstand it more. I agree. I agree. Dwight, I think, think I think just to add to it and not repeat, because I think the four of us are in a lot of compliance. I think this merges clearly into the next category, which is mm-hmm. patient trends and desires. Yep. So technology in patient acceptance and those types of things, I think it comes down to three main categories. First of all, you have to have uh, financing pay over time strategies for your patients. I think you need to have availability, uh, meaning flexibility, even if you're not offering extended hours, but that your patients know they can get a hold of you, that you'll see them after hours and emergencies. That's going to flex even when before maybe we weren't as flexible to see those. I mean, for most of our practices, obviously we are. So um, access to pay, access to care. Access to pay, access to care, and access to same-day dentistry as far as technology, meaning getting it all done in once. Because once you get rid of their pain, they may not come back for that buildup in crown, meaning if you take them out of pain on the root canal, are they coming back for the follow-through? Those are the parts and pieces that I think that same-day availability to go from specialist to practitioner or that same flow is really where we need to be more flexible. So again, it comes down to an extensive uh, category of customer service, which usually keeps us surviving in the, in the Mm -hmm. prosperous times too. Very good, Dwight. Very good. So anything else we want to add on that patient trends or desire section? No, I think that, I think that wraps it. I mean, I think we stay in our lane from a, from a, (laughs) you know, I think we got outside and we're in the macro talks and the AI talk, which is fun. Because yeah. like, how many predictions can you make in, in, in a legacy business like dentistry, right? I mean, I it's not that fast moving. Luckily, it's not that fast moving. We're not in a volatile, we're not in this massively volatile industry. Right. So that is a blessing. So, you know, our yeah. predictions are not going to be that bombastic. Um, no. But I think we've had fun with this today. I sure have. I, I actually liked, I think it was daunting. I think all of us were kind of looked at this and like, damn, we got to fill out this form. But it's it a lot actually of work, forced yeah. me to like really think like, like, what do I really think is going to happen? And I think yeah. that helps us as operators, just like it, it could potentially help the people listening and their opinion. It helps you form your strategy, your reactionary strategy. And if you don't have a strategy, then like you're just going to fall victim to anything that comes along. You're going to be the victim. So I think this is a good exercise to do um, so that you can form. Yeah. Be proactive and, and, and potentially contingency plans. What could happen one way or the other? I agree. So thinking about it. Yeah, yep. so, kind of so, um, for sure. Dwight, what are we going to talk about next time so we can keep all the BP listeners yeah. enthralled on the edge of their seat? We are talking about hiring strategies next time. Okay. Cool. And going down the road of uh, strategic thought, different ways to do it. I think it's going to be interesting because a lot of us are going to have a lot of availability in front of us on how we want to strategically Uh, hire the right people. But more importantly, you're going to have a flood of applicants. You want to be able to understand how to do that and do that properly, how to empower your team to hire the right people under them, as opposed to us get involved, all the types of things like that. And having some fun ideas like Trey has on how he recruits certain people, which I think the mastermind loves to hear some of that. Um, I'm sure everybody else will too. I got to say the impact you've had on this and the mastermind, just like even opening our, our, our eyes to, you know, the culture index and hiring is, was so daunting. Even the, even the, even the concept of posting a job is so daunting. And by you kind of putting in that filtering mechanism, right. And saying like, you don't have to basically kick all the tires of all the applicants. You kind of know, like this person's kind of suited for the job. And I'll only need to talk to these three out of right. the hundred that have applied. 
right. or five. Yeah. Right? So it's made it almost, it's almost gamified it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Dwight, can you give the listener a link just for you to um, have that uh, for the for that profile that we were, we were talking about? How do you want culture people to get in touch for culture? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, we'll probably we'll go ahead and put it yeah, in, the, in yeah, the show so notes. Talk no about problem. Next time too. That way we've got it all in there and it'll definitely be part of that that podcast where we'll discuss kind of the rationale and the strategy and really how to kind of speed up the process to make sure you're getting the right fit for your team. I think that's great. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Great pod, everybody. Good yeah, to see everybody. Guys. Thanks, guys. Beautiful. Appreciate Fun. y'all. Thanks Let's a lot, see how man. our predictions go. Bye, bestie. Bye. 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 Bye.